Okay, I want to recap really quick about last week what we talked about. Uh, I don't want to call it a series, but it kind of is turning into a series, uh, and it's called Seek Me. And last week we talked about um, what it takes and what the need is to seek the face of God. And we had an we had a anchor scripture that we used last week, and it came out of Psalms chapter uh, 63, verse 1 through 3. And this is David in the wilderness of Judah, and he calls out to God, and he says, Oh God, everyone say, Oh God, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. I'll say that again. Early will I seek you. And I see the eagerness in, in David of just seeking him because when he says early uh, will I seek you, sometimes we can be like, early will I seek you, God. You know, and I see the attitude of David where he's like, early, God, I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary. And once they seek, because he's looking, okay? I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Your, your loving, because of your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Think about it. David is in the wilderness where there is no water. And he is thirsty for God. He's not even talking about water. Because his soul, his heart is solely for the, for the Lord and his face. And he says, I, when, you, when I come to you, Lord, I will continue to praise you with my lips. And then last week we said out of that passage, what David, David does, there's a couple of questions we can ask ourselves and then learn uh, and apply into our lives. And the first one was, do we thirst the way David thirsts for God? Do we thirst for our heavenly father? In a dry and weary world, do we thirst like he thirsts? Or, or early do we seek him the way God, or the way David sought out God? And then we went a step deeper because sometimes when we think of early, we think of waking up five in the morning, six in the morning, doing a devotion. I said, let's go a little bit beyond that. How about do we seek God early in a circumstance or in a problem? Do we seek God when we're facing a trial? Do we pout about it for a day or two, then realize, okay, now I got to turn to God? Or are we seeking him right away? And a good indicator is that when a problem arises in the home or in your life, and if the first word that comes out of your mouth is, oh, God, man, why me? Why am I going through this? That shows that we're not seeking Because when a problem arises, the first thing we should say, let's pray. Let's turn to his word. Let's see what God has to say. Amen. Everyone say, seek him. seek him. We need to learn to be the, the aggressor in pursuing our God and in our relationship. No, we're not going to hit the mark all the time. No, we're not perfect. But man, through those failures and through those trials, by the way, a failure is not a person. A failure is an event. You are not a failure when something goes wrong. That is an opportunity for you to learn and to grow. Remember that, church, okay? But when we are the aggressor in our relationship with our Heavenly Father and in, his, in our lives, you'll see God's hand and favor in your life. Because we are not seeking our solution. We're not seeking uh, a way to hide away from the, the, the mountain that we're facing. We're seeking the face of God, and God's going to elevate you above the mountain. Be the aggressor is what we talked about last week. 
And today I want to continue that of another way of seeking the face of God. But before we do so, let's pray. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity again. Lord, just to get into your word, to dive into it deep, Father God. Lord, your word says that when we come together, Father God, when we gather rather in prayer, Lord, that you are here. Holy Spirit, have a way with my words and my lips. I push myself aside. Holy Spirit, may the words that you, that you come out of my mouth pierce every heart and soul, minister us in a hundred different ways, Father. We're just so impactive that we need to see we need your help. In Jesus' name we pray and we all shout out. Amen. And so continuing on with seek me, as in seeking God, uh, I want to talk to you guys that tomorrow we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to remind you guys that the purpose of fasting, okay, the purpose of fasting is, number one, to seek God out, but also to fulfill our desire of intimacy with our Lord. It's to fulfill that. In other words, have you or has anybody around you ever said, man, I just want to get closer to God? Or when someone needs prayer, like, what do you need prayer on? Can you pray that, that I get closer to God? Have you ever heard of that? Or maybe you've said that? And this is what we're talking about. This is fasting fulfills that. In, you want that intimacy with God to fill you up. And one of the ways is fasting. You see, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus, he's, uh, he's, he's teaching these people. And he says this in verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Other translation says, uh, those that are hunger and thirst to do what is right. Okay? And then he says, for they shall be filled. Exactly. They shall be filled. And a way to seek the face of God, or one way, another way, is by prayer and fasting. All right? Now, when you think of fasting, it can kind of seem overwhelming. Now, earlier, I knew I wasn't going to get an applause. Like, we're entering into 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because let's be honest, it can be a little difficult. It's a little hard. It's not easy. Nor is it fun. And I don't want to crash the party in any way, but let me, let me give you some direction. It can be challenging, but it is so powerful for your life and for your relationship. When we fast, okay, it's a way of saying, I want God to touch my life in everything, in absolutely everything. Maybe, maybe the attitude is, well, I'm just not strong enough, Jesse. I don't, I don't know if I can do it. Let me give you some uh, news. Fasting is not for the strong. Fasting is for the weak. And when we need Jesus, we're saying, we're weak, God. We need you. We need you. What am I saying? It's for everybody is what I'm trying to say. You see, when you look in, um, in the second uh, Samuel chapter 12, you see King David, okay? And King David has a son, and he was struck with a sickness or a disease, okay? And he's dying. He's dying. All right? And, and David starts fasting and pleading to God. And, and in verse 16, it says this, David therefore pleaded with God for the child, his son, okay? And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat with them at all. You see, when, when David went into a fast and he was seeking the face of God, and there's more to the story that we'll share in a little bit, but, but when David at this moment, he, he comes to the ground, even the people that are in his household try to pick him up, but he says, no, it is me and God. I need God right now. 
And even though he's facing a problem, even though there's this huge mountain in front of him, even though death is facing his son, he seeks God. He prays and pleads to God is what scripture says. Let me fill you in. I won't read the whole story. I encourage you guys to read 2 Samuel chapter 12. But his son dies. A man after God's own heart is what the Bible calls him. A man who slayed giants and took out armies. A man king over God's people. His son dies. You see, when we look at fasting, sometimes we might be facing a problem, and we, sometimes we can, maybe not on, on purpose, but on accident, accident uh, try to manipulate God to, 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 to follow our answers, what we need to do in our lives. And let me tell you something. When we enter in a season of fasting, however that looks, when we fast, maybe a Daniel fast or a partial fast or just giving up one meal, what we're doing is that we're coming to God seeking his face. Now, don't think it's a way to earn God's blessing or favor or his miracles for your life because that's not it. By the way, you can't earn it. It is the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of God that re released that blessings in your life. So let me say something, church, and hear my heart. Whether you fast or don't fast, that doesn't stop God's blessing in your life. That doesn't stop God's miracles in your life. Because he's already did that at Calvary. That's what Jesus was doing. But what fasting does is it gets us ready. It gets us ready. David went to God to get himself ready. Whether living or dying, he, he's getting himself ready. And by the way, when he died, the Bible says, and I want you to read it. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. He gets up from the ground with his own strength. He dusts himself off, gets something, and moves forward because his God gave him the answer that he needed to hear. I don't know what God told him, but it gave him the strength to get up and move forward. And even the people were like, well, what, what's happening? There's no reason to continue to fast, he says. What's done has been done. I've heard my God. Let me move forward. And a lot of times when we're pleading for God, sometimes we plead to God, I just want this answer. God, I, I, I want that person in my life, or I need this much money, or I, I want that job, or, or whatever it is. And God say, no, I want you to listen to my answer. Let me get your heart ready. You cannot earn God's blessing. It has been given to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and, uh, says this. Paul says, in him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It is, the, it is his blood. We just did communion. We did it to remember what he did at Calvary. That's the reason why we did So you cannot earn it through fasting. So whether you chose to fast or not fast, God is good. God is faithful and he's going to be faithful in your life if you continue to seek him out. But I would encourage you guys. As a pastor, I would encourage you guys, as a friend, enter in a season of fasting with God and let God encounter you because uh, fasting is only going to get you ready for God's answers. In other words, it prepares our heart to say, not my will, but your will, God. Okay? Whatever happens in my life, I will serve you, Lord. That's what fasting gets us ready for. When you look at the life of Jesus, when he's walking on earth, 
okay? When he's walking on earth, he enters in the first thing in the ministry, he enters into a fast. You see, he got water baptized. And when we do water baptism, man, we got cupcakes. When he got water baptized, he, got, he went into a fast mode. He went to the wilderness is what he did. All right. And so when he went into the wilderness, he comes out of it and it says he was empowered by the spirit of his father. See, he was already filled walking into the fasting. But when he came out of the fasting, the Bible says he came out empowered. You may be filled, but God wants to empower you. You know, my son, uh, my youngest son, he's a year and now a little, a little over a year and a half. He's going to be two in May. And the last, the Christmas that we just had, uh, he got this cool toy. You might have seen the commercial where the car lights up and the, the track is flexible and it's got colors on it. By the way, they overdid it because there's nothing like that. Okay, I'm just saying that right now, okay? It doesn't go that fast. It doesn't do loop-to-loops. It doesn't do any of that. It just kind of, and my son picks it up. And it's like, and it's struggling. It is struggling to go up there. They lied. <laughs> it's okay. He still has fun. But. The other day, it was two days ago, the batteries drained out quick. And I knew it was the batteries. And when my son's a year and a half, he doesn't, he doesn't know that. All he knows is it doesn't work. Okay? And he's banging. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, Jeremiah, stop it. Like, you're going to break something. And he just throws a toy. He's a year and a half. All right? Random grace. But he throws a toy. Okay? And he's mad. And he comes to me, daddy. And he can't talk yet, but I know what he's telling me. I understand him. He's my kid, okay? And he just points and kind of throws that little, uh. And then he grabs the toy and he shows me. Well, I take the toy and he gets mad at me. I'm like, dude, I'm just putting new batteries in for you, man. I take the toy. And he is following me, grabbing my leg. I'm like, Jeremiah, man. And I, and I, and I try to unscrew it. And he would not. So I gave it back to him. Let's go ahead. He goes back to the track. Nothing. And I'm watching him, like, dude, told you, I got, I got the batteries, man. He finally comes back and he gives it to me. I'm like, Jeremiah, watch. And I actually go to his level and I start taking the battery, you know, thing out and putting new batteries and I turn it on. And it works. And he grabs it and he runs and he plays and it's all good. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because a lot of times we treat our God that way. See, we might be pouting. He still understands you, by the way, okay, because you're his kid. You're his child. And sometimes God is saying, hey, I got the answer. Just hand it over to me. And we do, but then we hold on to his leg. No, I want, let me get that bag. And God, all right, there you go. And we go. And therefore, we're back in the problem. It's not working. And God's saying, I have batteries. His name is the Holy Spirit. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that? And so we hand it over to him. So when we enter in a fast, and we come out of it, we're empowered. And guess what? We still don't do loop-the-loops like that, Carl, I'm explaining. But what, what I'm saying is we come out empowered. We come out ready for God's answer in our life. It is his answer in our life. Okay, remember, we can't earn it. Okay, his blessing is always going to be good. He's always going to be faithful. But we get ready for his answers. And when we enter into the fasting season, because I truly believe that is something uh, Christ wanted us uh, to do and practice in our life because of the Beatitudes. When you pray, he says, when you give and when you fast, I believe he really wants us to practice in our life. What we do is we seek him in faith. We're seeking him in faith. In other words, that's believing that God is enough even when we don't see circumstances work out. We still believe that God is enough. 
for us today, that God is great enough to deliver us from our sin, that God is great enough to fix our life, that God is great enough to move us forward when we feel stuck, that God is great enough to plant our feet on higher ground. We're seeking God in faith when we enter a season of fasting. There is nothing too difficult for our God. He will always be faithful no matter what you decide, church. But as a church and as a, as a, as a disciple of Jesus Christ and as, as a member of Resurrection Life Church and as I'm going to lead you guys, let's practice together. Let's practice together. When we have an understanding of this, you guys, what you're doing or what this means is that you're, you're, you're deciding to throw, okay, or, or pile or invest everything in God. Yes, and it means that cheeseburger too. You invest all of that when we enter into this season. It's pretty much saying, I trust you, Lord. When we practice it, it's saying, I trust you, Lord. You see, when you look in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, you see Moses. Okay, we, a lot of us might know the, seen the movie of the Ten Commandments and, and maybe read the story or grew up in it. But when you read after that and what he had to go through, and yeah, Moses made some mistakes, and yeah, he was angry, and yeah, he broke the commandments and, and then had to re-go back up. To, yeah, all of that's there. Okay, but when you read what Moses was doing and how he sought out God, whether he was missing it or not, he sought out God. And God was still faithful to him no matter what. Because in the book of Exodus, it shows a battle that they're facing. All the Israelites are fighting an army that is so, that's much bigger than, than them. It's the Amalekites. And, and this army is, is going to slay. The, they just want to take out all of, all of God's people, all the Israelites. And the scripture says that Moses, when he raises the staff that God gave him and puts it in the air, that they were winning the battle. He's on this mountainside and he's watching them and they're winning. But when he put his arms down, they were losing. So Moses put his arms up and just kept declaring and just believing. And he pretty much was saying, I trust you, Lord. But then the scripture says his arms got tired and his arms got weary and he was going down and down. And therefore they were losing. But God has a plan. And their names were Aaron and Ur. And they come around him. And they support his arms. They put stones around him. And they raise the arms to the point where the battle is theirs already. If you're not raising your arms in life, declaring God's name, no wonder why we fall in difficult times. Because we're not uh, truly seeking him out. God will always be faithful no matter what. But there are battles that we should not be fighting, but we chose to fall into that because we're just not pursuing our God. We're not raising him. Well, I'm tired of going through this. Well, guess what? I want everyone right now to look around you. Just look around. Look around you. You have a church family. You have brothers and sisters in Christ that are ready to come to your side and say, hey, let's worship our God together. Let me remind you of what you have. Okay, because the Bible says, Scripture says, Jesus promised. And I think that's a good lesson for us to remember, continue to raise not just our physical arms, but the arms of our hearts. And to get in tune with him and continue to seek him out. You see that later on even with Joshua in the book of Joshua. Well, they're in, they're in a battle themselves. And there's five armies that got together, five kings that got together to outnumber these guys. But Joshua trusted the Lord. To the point where he declared, man, this battle's going long, but if it gets dark, it's going to be over. Son, stand still. 
and the sun stood still. The sun stood still, and the battle was theirs. Now, he had to look to an actual son, but we actually have the son of the most high that we can look to, who is still in our life, who is peace in our life in the midst of, of a storm that we may go into. When you enter that, what God is doing, when you enter fasting, what God is doing is he's preparing your heart for his answers, not our answers, for his answers. In Psalms chapter 9, verse 10, it says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. When you're fasting, I remind you, church, you're seeking God out. Now, by the way, if you have a question about well, what kind of fast? What, what should we do? This is where your church comes in, and we help you, and we teach you that, and we'll continue to show you that. But there are great materials and resources we would love to hand over. I mean, if you go to that back table, I'll remind you guys, when you leave, grab a couple of pamphlets, grab, grab the sheets of, of the wisest way to go into it. Um, if there's health issues, I encourage you, talk to your doctors. I just got them talking to my doctor. I have no issues, but I still ask them, like, hey, how am I doing? He's like, you're good. Go ahead. Less cheeseburgers, you're good, though. And that's, that's all it was. And I'm not lying. I'm not lying. That's what he said. Quit the fast food. I'm like, all right, doctor, I will do that. But it's just wisdom. You're seeking out wisdom. There are ways to do it. And this is what we're here for. But it's not about what your sacrifice is. It's about you seeking him out. Reminding you guys that, that that's what we do. Now, there are three things that, that fasting is that I want to quickly share with you and give you some scriptures so you can have something to go home with, okay? And maybe the pressure's off. Again, when we think of fasting, we think of, uh, you know, maybe most of us or some of us. But I know I've been in that boat at one point. You didn't have to laugh, Dan. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you understand these three things, what fasting is, it, it takes that off and it makes it more pleasant. Like, oh, I see what you're doing, God. I, I, now I know why, okay? And the three things. The first thing is fasting is an invitation, okay? It's an invitation. In Matthew 9, 14 and 15, uh, you see John's disciples and you see Jesus and his disciples, okay? And uh, they had a question for Jesus. And, and in verse 14, it says, Then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples, they don't fast? They don't fast? And I love Jesus' response. Jesus says and answers, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then, everyone say then. Then they will fast. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm that bridegroom. I'm here with them. We're hanging out. I'm teaching them stuff. But that my, the death and my resurrection is coming. Then they can go ahead and enter in that fasting and seek my face out. But in the meantime, I am here. And so what he's doing is he's reminding, even that word then shows that today is that then. That we continue that after his death and resurrection. There was no need at the time because Jesus was walking on earth. But he was leaving standards and examples of us to, to do that. Everything the father did, he or said, he would say. And Ephesians 5 one says, anything that we should do should imitate our heavenly father. And he left us examples here for us. When we fast, we fast to seek him. And it is an invitation to you to do so. 
Number two, fasting is humbling yourself before God. It's humbling yourself before God. Luke 6.40 says, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Humbling is not just taking a lowly position, but the word humble is also grounding ourselves in the character of God. You see, when you take a low position in heart and you ground yourself, you're allowing God to make character in you. So when world stuff makes you mad, you're not. When things go wrong, you look up. You don't look down. And when you take that lowly position, you hear the Father's voice. What you're doing is you're practicing what Jesus, our teacher, by the way, we're practicing what he did because he practiced that in the wilderness. And he also taught on it, according to Matthew 6.16. He taught on fasting. Taught on it. And the last thing, number three, fasting is an act of worship. That's right. It is not just music and a Sunday morning that we can worship God. There are many forms of worship that we come in our, to our Heavenly Father. And when we give that, when we practice that, it is an act of worship. Romans 12:1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Okay? Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Okay, just giving it to him. And remember that word holy, is, it doesn't mean that, that it's, it's perfection. No, 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 no. Holy is simply meaning separation, okay? Separation from the world's uh, standards and stuff to I want to just be with God, okay? And when we do that, when we fast, we're, we're, we're deciding to step away for a little bit, all right, from natural stuff, natural food, for spiritual food, okay? And allow God to do so. Or whether it's a partial deer, not a deer, partial deal, hunting's over okay (laughs) understand that God's word when it comes to fasting God's word is final okay his whole purpose for us to practice this is so we he can finish what's been started in us there's something he started way back before you were born you see the moment you've accepted Jesus Christ in your life the moment you said yes Jesus all you did was activated your faith because a faith is something that you believe but can't see, if I would paraphrase it our language. You didn't see him die on the cross, but you believe it with all your heart. So the moment you said, yes, Jesus, forgive me my sins and come on my life, all you did was activate your faith. And now he's able to pour and put into your life. Philippians 1.6 says, be confident of this very thing that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ's return. He is working and he is showing. You just got to believe him and you just got to seek him out. What God is doing is he's just prepping you. He's prepping you guys right now because church, he's coming back. He's coming for his bride. He wants his church. God ain't letting these things happen. He's being patient because he wants everyone. We, you want to fall depressed? Then start believing the news. Yeah, there is a hurt and dying world out there. But this ain't God. 
We have an enemy out here that's here to steal, kill, and destroy. God is waiting for his people to come back and to return to him. He is coming back, and he is coming back for his bride. Have we seeked him out? Are we seeking him with all our hearts? Has a... Has seeking him out been a direct impact in your life in any way? Maybe we've, we've slipped back a little bit. Maybe, maybe it, was, it was difficult or we haven't really been turning to God. But God's saying, when you seek me, I will make it count. When you seek me, when you give up this for a little bit to follow me and hear me, I am there. You would hear my answer. I got the batteries to empower you. Church, I'm going to close it with an invitation. My first invitation is this. Actually, it's his invitation. Maybe it's the first time you've ever heard of Christ in this way and never really uh, heard of him in a way that's accepting and saying, man, I, I can come to him even with my past and whatever. Yes, yes, you can come to him because it is blood that brought, brought the redemption to your life. So your first invitation is you realize I need Jesus in my heart. Romans 10, 9 says that if you believe with your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, if you believe with all your heart, you'll be saved. If you call out to the name of the Lord, if you cry out to him, he's got you. But it's the first step is on you. The second invitation is you've been doing the routine. You know God and yeah, you, you, you're, you're good and you, you do what you have to do. But you really don't give him all of your life. You give him Sunday in some areas where there's, it's hard. But when it's a good day, I'm really not still seeking him out. And you want to. Church, this is just an encouragement to you. He's saying come back. Come back to him wholeheartedly. Not partially but with all of it, because he gave it all to you. On those two invites, I'm not gonna even tell anybody to close your eyes because we need to be bold and declare his name and better in front of our church family. So if that's you and any of those invitations, on the count of three, just shoot your hand up. I just wanna lead you in a prayer. I won't embarrass you. I just wanna lead you in a prayer. That's it. One, I need Jesus. Two, I want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Best decisions you guys are ever going to make in your life. God bless you. I'm telling you guys something. Jesus will meet you exactly where you're at. Prepare your heart for his answer. His answer, not yours. Let your answer go. Your answer gonna get, it's not going to get you anywhere. You've tried it over and over and over. And you keep saying, why am I here? Why am I still back here? I love Jesus. And Jesus said, I love you back, but you haven't heard me. You don't even give me a chance to speak in your life. Listen and get your heart ready for his answer. Let's pray together. Let's put one hand over our heart, all of us. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I know he died for my sins. And I know he came back to life again. So Lord, I put my trust in you. I believe in the name of Jesus. I know he will resurrect my life. And I know I've gained eternal life. I'm sorry for all the wrong I've committed. But by my faith, I receive your mercy and forgiveness. 
I love you, Lord. Come into my heart, fill my life. In Jesus' name we pray.